Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition, another week of Rural Routes, the program where we gather every day at this time. Well, Hank Vogler, we do it Monday through Friday anyway. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between rural and urban America. Nothing for Hank Vogler to do this time of year, but just sit with us here and pontificate on the radio. How are things in North Spring Valley, Nevada? When it's springtime in North Spring Valley, it's 20 degrees. I didn't know that I called Ken Curtis. I, hey, I thought I called Hank Vogler. <laughs> and wait a minute, Ken Curtis is no longer on Earth, so where did I call? You should have been a baritone in the Sons of the San Joaquin, man. You missed your calling. Bebop-a-loo-la. <laughs> it is colder than a, what do you call it? <laughs> Are you really cold? 20 degrees. Are you kidding me? No, sir. No, sir. <laughs> and the poor guys over at the Mary Juwani farm, I don't know how many of those circles they just got through planting to hemp or whatever, whatever it is. I call my friend, he's the boss over there now, I call him Munchie. But I, I imagine that there's a little frost on the pumpkin over there. <laughs> Wait a minute. What what don't I know? What do you don't munchy? What's that about? What do you know that I don't know? <laughs> well, back in the olden days, when those guys would get the smoking dope, first thing they'd do is send somebody down to the Arctic Circle to get some gut bombs or some berry pie and ice cream and, and sit around and eat like pigs. So yeah. evidently uh that's the experience, or Jim Boy's tacos. So <laughs> my buddy called go, Man, I got the munchies, man. Is anybody can anybody see the drive, man? Hey, man. But it doesn't affect me, man. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yes, sir, Bob. Munchies. So uh, we have been ninety-five degrees. I think one day. One day since Wednesday, we've not been over 95 degrees. And wow. uh, we have had for three days in a row a south wind that has sustained at 40 miles an hour, gust up to, you know, I don't even know how much. It's just been miserable, but we are drying out like you can't believe. So I'm starting to feel like Hank Vogler, although it is green everywhere I look, so I don't think I'll be complaining. But you know what? Now that you mentioned 20 degrees, I think my weatherman said by the weekend we could have snow. Wow. Yeah, it's it, this global warming is cold, I'll tell you what. <laughs> you know, and, uh, without exaggeration, the sagebrush is going into its dormant stage. It's it, it gets right. a dull, dull gray color to it and, and it just you walk by a sagebush and the, the, the leaves will just come off. Mm. It's the same as you get for oh a couple of weeks in August. And this, you know, and this has been like this for a while. I mean, it's it, it's got to be one for the record books, I, w- I would say, right yeah. along this border. Now, Elko in that country, they've got a rain or two, but then, like you say, that wind blows. And day before yesterday, I looked out of my pickup window, and I saw a sign and two cocktail waitresses go by in the wind that said, entering Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah. So I know that wind is blowing. <laughs> and yours must be from the south, too, then. Yep, south wind. And generally, the bigger the south wind, the bigger the storm we get. You know, we we always get kind of a payback for 50-mile-an-hour winds for two days. But not this year. Everything is either going west of us or Mm. Vegas is getting more rain 
already this year than they normally get in the entire year. Mm-hmm. So it's well, your just prayer, a different your, deal this year. Hank, your prayers are apparently being answered. And and and, and okay, go ahead and tell me why I would <laughs> pray prayer. against myself. <laughs> it's your prayer. You should know. You've been complaining about Southern Nevada Water Authority stealing your water. God's just giving them their own supply of water and giving you a, a sabbatical. See, that's the best. I always try and put a positive spin on, on something that's going wrong. And I, I just hope my contract to haul water to the lizards comes through from the bill on them. <laughs> How's that coming, by the way? <coughs> they won't answer the phone anymore after yeah. I ask them. Um, imagine that. <laughs> you screwed up. You should have told them you're holding, hauling water to the wild horses, and then you'd have got whatever you want. Probably, yeah, that'd be right. Boy, and, and you know, everybody's kind of got their, their head ducked. But I can't see how they can't find a pile of them dead on some dried-up water hole. I mean, it it is going to get, if something doesn't dramatically change, it's going to get ugly, double ugly. Yeah. Well, you were talking about... And it'll about... be my fault. That'll be the worst of it. Yeah, those right. ranchers, they went out there... Their dang cows and sheep sucked all the mud out of that hole out there. That's the way they treat their animals, and then ours died. That's yeah. going to be the mantra. <laughs> That's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> you bet. Nothing like me trying to be cruel to my animals. You bet. That's, I do everything to be cruel to me, too. Just like the chicken farmers and the hog farmers and everybody, they get up in the morning and go, yeah, I wonder what I could do to be really cruel to my animals. No, no. The animals are more comfortable probably than you are. Yeah. Everything that you do is based on getting those animals across a scale somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they grow really well when they're stressed, so that just works hand yes. in hand. Yes, oh gosh, yes, that's the best. Be cruel to them. <laughs> okay, but uh, last week or maybe the week before, you were talking about hauling uh, pears, I, I should say. What do you call a, uh, you with a set of twins? Guates, uh, Bikijek. Uh, yeah, okay. Beachy Jack. Your Beachy Jack. Beachy Jack is fast for twins. 162 miles for your neighboring yes. pasture, so they should be in good forage base and rainfall. I, I'm telling you, I'm snake bit. Uh, I, uh, I called a friend of mine who's uh, uh, a devout Mormon, mm-hmm. and I said, you know, these Catholic prayers are not working worth a darn. Is there any chance I could join up? <laughs> and he, with emphasis, said, you can't. No, never. Forget it. Goodbye. So evidently, yeah. I don't qualify. <laughs> yeah. But they need a derelictor out there somewhere so they can have an example of what not to do. It, so. It's just another day for you to have somebody tell you you don't qualify to be a part of their group, though. <laughs> yeah. Poor pitiful me. When, you know, we were going to have a protest march here in Spring Valley, but I couldn't get the boys to rally with me. They didn't know what I was talking about. <laughs> you know, I don't think most of the people, I don't want to spend a lot of time and give them any exposure whatsoever, but I don't think most people protesting know what they're doing either, so they would just fit right in. Hey, I'm sorry. I'm joining up. They wanted to fund the police. I wanted to fund the equal access to legal justice lawyers yeah. who are destroying the public lands with their all their, their crapola. I want to defund a whole bunch of things. I mean, let, let's defund welfare. Let's, uh, let's defund a lot of things. 
because yeah. I, I even I mean, made the statement. Why just stop with the police? Hank, I made a statement last week, and people looked at me like I had three heads. I assure you, most of the people who are accepting payment to go to the streets and protest, raise chaos, and create destruction are also the first people to get their welfare checks. Well, absolutely. They're at the head of the line. They got a brand-new Beamer to get there in, you know, get right in, welfare Cadillac or whatever. I, you yeah. know what? I'm not so sure that they're even that bad off. I think a bunch of them are just hiding in the brush because they just are being paid to be anarchists. It doesn't make any sense. And then you've got all the press is against everybody. I mean, so what if Mitt Romney's not going to back Trump? He didn't last time. And George Bush, (laughs) he's a good old boy. He is part of the system. Okay, Well, Trump is trying to dismantle the the swamp that both of those created, actually, at some (laughs) level. Yeah, yeah. And, and the reason they don't want the swamp dismantled is because they've mm-hmm. got friends and associates. You know, it ain't no different than old Ching Jinping. I think all of his strutting around and, and, and showing the pictures of his military, I think he's got some internal struggles going on there. And there's nothing like nationalism to pull everybody back together because I'll guarantee you those people over there, they want to work, they want to have things. And, and for him to start tightening the news, around their neck again, uh-uh, ain't going to yeah. work. So what can you do? Whip up nationalism, the boogeyman. What did right. Hitler do? Was everybody in Germany 100% behind Hitler? But when he told them that they were the master race and they belonged and they were the best and they were the most athletic, the smartest, everything in the world, and just follow me, that's how you get people to follow you is have – some boogeyman out there that you could point to. Hitler pointed to the Jews. Xi Jinping's pointing to the Americans. I mean, that's a uh, Yeah, I got to I gotta pick it up with that, Hank. We'll go and we'll get back with the second leg of the journey. Roll route right after this. And we'll get back to Hank in just a moment. Before I do, I want to remind you, we talk about science and technology paving the way to improve our nation's food supply. Neogen is looking inside of the genes when it comes to food safety and enhancing the traits that enable a greener, more efficient food system from farm to fork. We talk about the myostatin gene. We talk about the ability to maybe resist certain types of disease, but more importantly, just getting on the inside of these animals genomically so we know how to fine-tune our future. Hey, I like that. Fine-tuning our future. For full details about fine-tuning your future in the food business, go to neogen.com. It's all about consumers and producers protecting and enhancing the world's level of food and animal safety. Welcome back to Roll Route. Trent Lewis alongside Hank Bubbler checking in as he does every Monday from North of Spring Valley, Nevada. I want to pick it up where you left off there. Um, you were a little garbled, but you were basically talking about there may be some strife within the ranks of the Chinese government. But uh, this morning at 6.30 live, every morning I do across uh, the pond with Andrew Henderson. Today, Trent Thorne uh, joined us from Australia. And i got to be honest, I usually think that I keep track of these things. I had not. Did you know that Australia has made China mad? And they currently have an 80% tariff on malt barley. And they have four abattoirs, which are banned from importing meat into China. And we're sitting around talking about why would China be doing this? Because if you can't deal, do business with uh, Australia, 
and you aren't doing business with the United States like you should be, uh, the UK, it's, that's a vital part of their import structure for feeding people as well. And I'm like, guys, you're missing the point. China, who I still in my gut believe sent the virus to the world, they're trying to cripple the agricultural system globally so they can come in and buy everybody's farm, with the cherry pick the ones they want for 20 cents on the dollar. Call me cynical, call me a conspiracy theorist, but I think there's enough evidence to say there's some reasonable doubt. There's a huge doubt. There's some country in Africa that just basically took over. And and uh, they're trying to deflect. They got issues in Taiwan, which is they've got an economy in Taiwan that's second to none. That's booming. Uh, Hong Kong was booming. Nobody wants their money. That's the big problem. Everything that they do, they have to trade in American money through the, what, International Monetary Fund or the International Banking. You know, you, they come in and buy a load of soybeans. Okay, what do they have to do? They have to have the American money in, a, in the International Trading Bank or whatever it is. And then when they say okay, then they sell them the, the beans uh, if they put up you want. And it was just a small thing that I learned by accident, and that was with wool. Mm-hmm. The guy from India that was trying to buy wool, and all he was buying was junk. He's bidding on everything. I said, how come you don't buy this? Says, Nobody wants the rupee. Well, oh, well, how do you buy the little wool that you bought? American money. So you have to have trade. So when you're lashing out and <clears throat> you control the press, mm-hmm. you lash out. And even though you're biting the hand that feeds your people, you guarantee the folks that are in the Communist Party are all going to get their stipends. They're all going to get their whatever it is that, that keeps them loyal. Uh, you know, the yeah. Russians all got a house out. See, out that's, of, uh, before we talk about the Russians, that's the advantage over the United States. If the government people tell small businesses that they have to shut down and everybody has to stay home, at least the government folks also go furloughed so that they have the same economic crisis we would never do what a communist country like China does and still pay the government officials who told everybody else you can't get paid. Uh, Trent, you've got to quit smoking that corn silk. You're starting to get weird. <laughs> I got the munchies. Now you go ahead. And- oh, why do I have the munchies on? You got me some chips. <laughs> you just named me one bureaucrat that got laid off during the coronavirus. However, there's nothing like a good riot. To cure the coronavirus. Yeah, now, okay. now, the only thing they can do is pre- predict there's going to be a spike. I bet there's not. And you, uh, I interrupted you. You were about to tell us about Russia. It's the same thing. Russia's got oil, and that's about it. So they thought they could pull a fast one and dump a lot of oil. Well, then OPEC loaded up. So, yeah, we'll show you how to dump oil. So Saudi Arabia started dumping oil, which shut down our industry, which we're the first time dependent of oil in, I don't know how many gazillion and a half years. Independent. And, and, well, yeah, dependent on ourselves. Excuse right. me, I have wrong, yeah. <clears throat> wrong verbiage. But the thing of it is, is they shut our oil industry down, which laid off a lot of people, which scared a lot of people. Well, now it's kind of coming back because they've realized that we're tougher than they think. So, again, these are all maneuvers. But the guy in Russia... Mr. Vlad the Impaler, he has got to have people that keep him from getting shot. Same with Kim Jong-un-dong-dong-ding-dang, whatever his name is in North Korea. He's got to be handing out favors to people to stay in power. 
You know, the reason we stay in power in the United States is because we have freedom and the Second Amendment. They have to have people that they can rely on that will back them 110 percent. And men mumble and money screams. So there is some favor that those people are getting. I guarantee it, whether it's Russian, North Mm -hmm. Korean or the Chinese, you know, my wife and family, they, you know, they basically say, you know, there's two Chinas and and they just shut up because who knows, maybe maybe somebody's listening to this broadcast and my wife decides to go see her family. Yeah. And and they're probably locking them up. But I don't know. It's it's that's the way they that's the way they deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, what happens? I mean, if there's two Chinas, they don't discontinue as two Chinas. Somewhere there's a merger with one or the other. No, the Soviet Union kind of fell apart there with uh, Mikhail Sergeyevich Gorbachev, and then the only thing that did is that nobody had a gun, so the KGB took over. That's about what's going on, but it's just as corrupt. Yeah. And I think it's just as fragile. And and I think China's getting fragile. And that's why they're banging on the on the drum of how tough they are to nationalize their people. Because they're still proud of, of who they are and, and what they've come. And, you know, maybe they don't know that some of that technology was stolen from the United States or Europe or wherever. You know, but they have <laughs> nobody wants to go back to Mao tongue with 98% rural society trying to make steel in a Dutch oven out in the middle of nowhere and 52 million people starving to death. Right. They they are enjoying what little freedoms they have. And so when you beat on the drum, everybody pulls in together tight. So that's all it amounts to. Uh, speaking They're of wool, trouble. have you gotten your wool sold? Uh yeah, I I called a guy. He said he'd take it, so I sent him a check for ten thousand bucks, and they come and gone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I got it sold, but it it was uh, the I you know, and they get thirty days to pay me, so I haven't got ten cents from it yet. So I'm paying interest on the money every day, and uh, I whatever day I sold it, the thirty days later they'll dribble in a check no no 42 so I, you know, days they get later a free free loan for yeah 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 it's 40 42 45 yeah, 42 but days i later. did sell it for a dollars less than i got last year so oh i'd say you're working anyhow. for nothing this year mr vogler your salary has just been taken uh, from you well uh when you have the the double recessive mutant gene to be in agriculture, you get used to that after a while, you know, and you tell mother, mother that you promise you're going to get rid of that gas operated washing machine and uh, she won't have to go outside and beat the clothes on a rock anymore and things like that, you know, and you tell the kids that Santa Claus died of the COVID virus, and, you know, little <laughs> things like that. You learn to do these things. <laughs> Yeah, 1972, you've learned to do those things, and you're still doing them. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, nothing to it. You just, you know, and then you give them a little song and dance about, boy, you wait till next year. I'm telling you what, this thing's going to turn around. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna get us a Rolls Royce pickup, and I'm telling you what, this is going to be great. But this year, we're just going to have to tougher through. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, Landry was quite impressed last week that you witnessed. Sandy Koufax. Well, actually, historic perfect game because until the ninth inning, both teams had a perfect game, but there was only 20. Yep. I think I looked it up because Landry's a 
pitcher in softball, so she was intrigued by this. I think there's only been 27 perfect games out of 175,000 since 1920 or something. You saw history. <laughs> well, Mr. Koufax threw three pitches to each guy, and the catcher had to change his glove about every fourth pitch and put his hand in a bucket of ice water, or they had to get a new catcher. And the guy from Pittsburgh, he was pitching a perfect game in the ninth inning, bottom of the ninth. Now, which is which is the one when it's over with, if, no. if something doesn't happen? Bottom or top? Well, anyhow, it's the bottom, ninth inning. Bottom is the end to of get the it, inning. Okay, all right. I'm not sure so, you know enough to ask your question <laughs> properly, but go ahead. All right, but anyhow, Forey's he's going, wow, this is going to go to extra innings. I'm going, are you kidding me? This is nuts. So this, they get a guy on first base. They get a sacrifice, get him to second base. And and I thought, okay, okay, this is getting better. Maybe we'll get this over with. And he goes, Forey says, Koufax is up. Well, Koufax's batting average was minus 63. He's a pitcher. And he gets up. I know, but and so I'm going to cry because it's like two outs. They got a guy on second. This is the like the last chance of the last chance of the last chance without right. going to extra innings. And I don't know if he sneezed or somebody said, "Hey, Sandy," and he turned around, but he got his bat in front of the <laughs> ball accidentally, and it went out over the second baseman's head. And the guy from second base trots in, and the game's over with. Yeah. And you know who stood up the fastest and cheered the loudest? He Hank Vogler, downtown Harney County, Oregon. Yeah. Hank Vogler, roll route. We're halfway through. More after this. Quick reminder that you want to watch The Stand at Paxton County on Netflix. It brings us a grim reminder of what animal ownership is under attack today. The Stand at Paxton County on Netflix. Welcome back to Roll Route. Trent Luce alongside Hank Vogler checking in as he does every Monday from North Spring Valley, Nevada. I cannot believe we are halfway through this journey on this week in June. And I have to bring up, hey, how's the labor situation? You haven't brought it up at all. Well, I'm holding my breath every day. The boys from Peru and Chile, God mm-hmm. love them. They have stepped up to the to the you know the fight uh peru is still shut down chile is still having trouble uh and actually they're even having some looting according to leo in in chile so they realize that uh this operation is dependent upon them you know going the last mile and they are so uh we're we're still down the same amount of men it's too late to bring them in, you know, again, back to the labor situation, back to the insanity of it says labor on the door. So nobody wants to touch it, even though we have Mr. Scalia as the new guy. Uh, the the thing is still absolutely an insane. <laughs> I I can't I can't say it on the radio what it really is, but if it, it's a foobar uh, and it's just nuts. They're not supposed to do anything but herd sheep. But everything we do on this ranch is based on keeping the sheep together, keeping the ranch together. And these guys are stepping up. But now all of a sudden, we're going to be in the mountains by the 15th of June when the Forest Service opens up. And we're kind of moving along nicely. And now I've got to, you know, 
I don't know what I'm going to do with it. Now I've got a surplus of men. I don't want to let them go. I want to be loyal and faithful to them for their faithful loyalty to me and go on the last mile to get our job done. And now I'm going to be paying people, I guess, to be playing canasta and watching soccer on TV. Can I don't you, know. Uh, it's just can, Is there any chance to sublease them out? Well, they can go to other places, but here's the issue that mm-hmm. the Department of Labor has no grip on. When they're a good man, you call them back and say, hey, uh, would you please send Jose home? And they go, you know, he ran away. <laughs> and then six months later, Jose sends you a letter going, hey, Patron, how come you didn't come and get me? <laughs> but if the guy doesn't Finders, work. keepers, I, I, losers, weepers. <laughs> Yeah. So transferring them around is, is slitting your own throat. You know, they know your country. This is not, this is yeah. not a, a, you have a, a bad selection of friends, Mr. Vogler. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, you're not. Oh, no, 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 no. See, that would be, you can't send them to a friend. You have to send them back to the association. And then the association oh, decides yeah. where they go. I would never do and that. it's almost an anonymous thing. Yeah. I, I would think yeah. that if Pete go, needed, a, send what if Pete needed a guy for two months? Can you let Pete take him? If I can get away with it, yeah, uh, you bet. Because I know Pete will send them back. Yeah, yeah. but it's so just, it's yeah, it's a mess. It's just it is a mess because you're on this program week after week talking about we just were short four guys. We need four more guys. We got a problem with the. Western Range, we got a problem with the Department of Labor. Now here you are trying to find tiddlywinks for these guys to build. Build some new crowds or something. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Uh, is that <laughs> no contract? Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. They're supposed to, you're, you're supposed to have these regimens of crews, you know, like you would in a government situation. You know, the sheep herder yesterday brought in his band of sheep to be docked this morning. Well, all right, I guess if you absolutely read the rules and regulations, he's supposed to go set in his camp. You're supposed to dock his lambs with this other crew that magically appears for the day, and you dock those lambs, and then you go back and you go, Hey, Paco, you got 1,922 ewes, you got one, uh, 2,180 lambs or whatever, and uh, we want you to go on that mountain. Oh, you've never been on that mountain because you're not supposed to know anything. This is temporary labor. You're only supposed to be here. So, okay, we'll drive you over. We'll show you the trail. We'll do everything we can. And we'll spend two days showing you how to get there. But, you know, if old Paco has been here for four or five or ten years, you go, Paco, hasta la vista. See you in the, you know, see you in the fall if I see you at all. But no, no, you, it, all of this stuff is based on people that do not know which end the hay goes in. So, or comes out. <laughs> so. it, yeah, it's two separate uh, directions. In on the north, yeah. out on the south. It's that simple. <laughs> but they do not know that. They have no concept of it. Mm-hmm. They just They just are sitting around going, you know, we're going to have to justify our jobs in here. So let's come up with 432 pages to lord over these people. And then we can do that to the spinach guys, the avocado guys, and everybody else, which will do nothing but just really help everybody's industry because 
boy, they're making so doggone much money. You know, you know how much an acre of dirt sells for in the in the San Joaquin Valley? Mm-hmm. Why, these guys are all multimillionaires. Of course, it costs what, three or four thousand dollars an acre to raise lettuce? You know, how'd you like you think you're a gambler? How'd you like to flop down that kind of money every year just to raise a head of lettuce? And you know, then I was down there find anybody to pick it up off the ground. Or the price falls out of bed because all the lettuce growers moved to Mexico because right. they they can use all the chemicals, all the different cheaper labor, everything, and bring it back. You have a better chance of getting Mexican produce in California than you do California produce. That's yeah. a fact. Yeah, no doubt about and, it. And so you're just nuts. So, yep. But we're helping everybody because we're the Department of Labor. And when yeah. you say labor, it's just like Black Lives Matter. Well, it took me a while to know what black I said, what the heck are those guys all mad at the BLM about, for, for God's sakes? I'm mad at them, too. Maybe I ought to join them. <laughs> I just have so, been... It's I, I, I have failed in getting uh, some produce producer from California on the air to really talk about how severe it is. We do enough whining about livestock species, but I know those produce growers in California are in no better shape. I'm going to do that this week. Well... Thanks for inspiring me. And... And the and the the money it cost to raise it. I was down there one time, and it started raining. Well, you got to get out of those alfalfa fields when it's raining because the, that old greasy soil, I guess it ruins the the crowns of the alfalfa. So, Michel pulled up on this ditch, and he goes, "Pull, pull, pull, pull." This picking machine or this thing that they were putting the lettuce on started backing up. So he gets on the phone, calls the farmer who's, you know, just standing out there in the field. But if you walk across that mud, your shoes are about five feet around. So they're talking on the phone, and he goes, boo, 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 boo. okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. Escarigasco. And he says, we got her made. We don't have to put them on the ditch bank. We're going to put them in this lettuce field. And I said, well, aren't they going to harvest the lettuce? No market. I mean, beautiful heads of lettuce that you do not get in North Spring Valley, Nevada, ever. And I said, would you mind if I take some? They, I went over, and they gave me a whole box of these lettuce heads. So this guy is losing his lunch, but putting those sheep in there, you know, is, is okay with him because he can't give the darn stuff away, and they just started harvesting it. Now, wow. So you throw that in, and then you throw in the labor and all the things that are going on, and, and everybody in the world's using some innocuous chemical, uh, like what was it, the Alar, something they were using on the apples, and and just uh, Myrtle Street, and all the, you know, all the, you know, the, the absolute professionals in raising agricultural products were screaming. So I mean, it's just wow. <laughs> yeah, you know that whole process. The Alar apple was what 1972, maybe, and. I mean, the progression of yep. this is quite simple. Vietnam War taught people that you can protest and make money because the people will yep. just send money for the cause. The war ended. The protesters are like, oh, wow, there went our gravy train. What are we going to do now? So they create this perceived problem and then pretend to be the solution, ask for money to fix the Alar Apple thing. And now we've gotten to the point where typically animals or GMOs that are the problem, and send us money, and we'll go fix that problem. That, that's been the progression of fifty years of non NGOs. Oh, and by the way, yeah. 
by the way, lad, you're you're a step behind on that because our dear friend James Earl Carter, Jimmy, yeah, the guy that was a submarine captain and tried to say he was a farmer, yeah, he passed the Equal Access to Legal Justice. Mm-hmm. So I'm all of these, all these people, but wind you need up to explain that that people that lawyers equal access can for legal justice, <laughs> yeah, they get the money, they sue the government. And then, and then they send them a bill for all of their wonderful services, six, eight hundred dollars an hour, uh, fighting the government with its own with its own money. And then you and I have to pay for the results. So then we had the Environmental Protection Act or NEPA or whatever that was. Okay, you can't get anything done on anything forever just because you have to jump through all the hoops of people that have no skin in the game. But they always wind up winning the argument because nobody wants to say they're against the environment well you're not against the environment you're against the stupidity you know why are there fires burning the west well it's a brand new industry now and why are that they moved all the livestock off said the livestock were ruined in the country well now they can't stop the cheatgrass invasion which is a light fuel that that you know the only way you can get around it that i've ever seen is graze it and graze it in the spring and in the fall and then give the other chances uh, plants a chance to come in. But we can't do that because it uh, we got to have 500 meetings. Gather wild horses, same thing. By the time you get through the process, the horses are so thick they've destroyed half of the country. I mean, this. <laughs> yeah, but there's there's going to be a it's correction. It's a revolving door. You mentioned the correction, particularly on the horses, is coming and it's coming hard and fast. Yeah, they will not be able to do anything with them mm-hmm. when they're dead. Yeah, and I oh, cannot no. see. Oh now, no, maybe there's they're, some miracle. You already, out there. you already told us that answer too. When they're dead and piled up, they're gonna <laughs> take pictures, and then they're gonna ask for money to help fight the rancher because the rancher caused this. You already been through this cycle. Yes, I got another I've... cycle. We've been through. We have one segment of Roll Rot left. More with Hank Vogler after this. Here's where we talk about certified Piedmontese. I was able to post some pictures of our Piedmontese sired calf crop this year. Here's the deal. And and by the way, I posted those pictures over the weekend and had a lot of people asking questions about them. Here's the deal. You can take your cows, no matter how they're bred, use Lone Creek Cattle Company Piedmontese bulls, create certified Piedmontese calves, as long as you have that neogen test verifying that the myostatin gene is present, and it will be present if they're out of the Lone Creek Cattle Company Piedmontese bulls. You then qualify for the program, and you get $180 over market price. This is the deal you're looking for in the beef business. Full details at LoneCreekCattleCode.com. Welcome back. Roll route the program. Hank Vogler figuring out his microphone and radio studio equipment there in North Spring Valley, Nevada. He's got a whole section for just doing radio and podcasting and things like that. So you're going to start to nickname me Thomas Edison or something, or or is that uh, who you want to be? What was it? <laughs> or was it Tesla? Wasn't he kind of an electronics guy? Or I have oh, no idea. Uh, Bill Gates. Maybe I'm related to Bill Gates. Oh, Maybe wouldn't that be nice? I don't think so. I don't think that'd be nice at all. I promise you, if I ever make any money, mm-hmm. 
yes, I may, just for the fun of it, because I always joke about it, I'm going to get me a Rolls-Royce pickup. You know, I might do something dumb like that, but I promise you, uh, I'm not going to start testifying before Congress about stuff I don't know about. If I don't know about it, I'm going to say, I got to pass. I don't know about that. So but just to jump out there and, and, and opine about stuff you have no idea about is pretty dumb. So tell me the psyche, because you can relate to this easier than I, the psyche of the Bill Gates, the George Soros of the world, where you've accumulated more wealth than you could ever waste in a lifetime. And so then you try to find ways to pile more on top of what you already have. I understand it's uh, capitalism, it's the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial way, but why don't you just let it go and find projects to be a part of and, and be content instead of trying to create evil? Because both of them are doing that. I, it's a, it's part of the, the megalomania. It's part of, I'm going to die one of these days. And how long is it going to be before nobody ever remembers me? Hmm. You know, people that have, have, have done things uh, that uh, they still honor. But if, it's, if it goes long enough, why are we jerking down all the statues in this country? Well, if you're Bill Gates or George Soros, you know, you're, you're, you're I think it's le- it's legacy. It has nothing to do with anything other than that. And or they have in some cases, it's just a pure guilt. Didn't Andrew Carnegie give everything away? Didn't yeah. give his the kids inheritance tax as a result of Andrew Carnegie lobbying to make sure that the next generation has to start over? Wow. Ah. Well, let me give you a quick clue. In my short life, I've seen several fortunes squandered by the next generations, which gave me an opportunity to get in the door, only because they didn't have the same reverence for what their parents had done. And and when they started squandering that fortune, uh, it was lots of Kmart blue light specials. Uh, so I I like those uh, trust babies. <laughs> well, they don't have any respect. Some of that, them do, but most of them don't. And I think that's exactly what he was angling for, is that the generation that grows up spoiled rich kid, they don't appreciate what they have. So he tried to create a loss that nobody could pass it from one generation to the next so that every generation had to have a better respect for what was acquired. Well, and, and, and in a way, in, my, in a very small way, my own family went through this. Uh, my grandma and grandpa talked about buying a house for $250 that had uh, burlap sacks on the windows. They had a different perspective. They were going somewhere and were going to do their best to get windows. And then their kids come along, and all they could talk about is how tough it was and how they had to work and do all of these things. Well, okay. (laughs) And they squandered a a, a tremendous operation, you know, uh, uh, right here in this valley. Part of my start came from somebody squandering a fortune that a father put together and and then ultimately wound up in Southern Nevada Water Authority's hands and their rocket scientist ranch expert had a cowboy hat, got to give him that, and had been through the chairs at the Cattlemen's Association, but he didn't know whether Christ was crucified or shot in a crap game. And so therefore, 
I wound up with a huge chunk of the operation. I should be tickled to death every day with SNWA. However, they filed on my water rights. And the state's so scared of them, the state engineer issued them a vested water right, which is the primo primo of water rights. So, yeah, there's a lot of screwy things going on out there. And we got this guy who was in on the inside that knew how to manipulate, who to send money to, whose daughter's wedding to go to. He knew all of these things, and they made him mad. And now he's trying to help the deplorables, the great unwashed. And all, sure, all these people are pulling back like a borrowed dog. They don't want to get to have to have to go to work, have to go back and make the, make it on their own. And this guy is helping us, helping people like you and me. And so, yeah, we're we're mad if you're on the inside. Well, you know, speaking of that, they can talk all they want about turning the economy loose again. But until they shut off the free gravy train and paying people six hundred dollars a week not to work. There is no rebuilding the economy. Why do we keep doing that, Hank? Because rather than do what we should do with the people that are protesting in the streets, not, excuse me, not the protesters, but the anarchists that are knocking holes in the walls and, and breaking windows and stealing, those are the people that need to be under control. If you're in the police department, I don't care where at in the United States, where the 911 calls come in from, that's where you kind of hang out. Because then you don't have to drive as far. You're not circling some guy's house in a, in a suburban neighborhood, uh, Nancy Pelosi's house, because she's got her own armed guards and, and got a wall. You're over where the people, you know, and, and it's, what, is this a new invention? When I was young, the people that were coming up through athletics were named Bradkowski and and uh, uh, they were poor kids that got out of the neighborhood through through sports. That's why they hate sports, because there are no four foot eleven centers on a basketball team. It's excellence in what you can do. And they got out of the ghettos that way, whether they were kids from Ireland, their kids from Poland or from Italy, Italy, whatever, whoever was in those ghettos. That's how they got out. And there were some people that didn't get out, but their kids got out. I mean, this is a this is a progression that's gone on for years. But now. Because there's something identifiable, we uh, we we can scream about the color of somebody's skin. Well, what did Martin Luther King? He said, "Don't judge me by the color of my skin. Judge me for what I can do." But now, when you see people running out with a box full of Nike shoes out of a store, or shooting a black guard guarding a, a, a store. Uh, there, there's no sympathy there for me, for me at all. I'm, you know, can't help you. So that's what's going on. Okay, so explain to me the logic then, and I don't believe anything in the media anymore. It's just a terrible place to be. But even Forbes is reporting today that Minneapolis will disband, dismantle the police department. Who, who's going to be a business okay. owner in Minneapolis? Who, who would rightfully maintain uh, a business in Minneapolis if there is no police department? Viva Las Vegas. Viva <laughs> Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah. or, or Florida. <laughs> or, or Texas. Howdy, partner. I mean, yeah, where do you think they're going to go? <laughs> Man, this is not rocket science. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> 
I mean, you get yeah, this is this is a classic. This is a classic. Rather than do something about the problem, let the problem ferment and get worse. Because when the businesses leave, somebody is going to say this is not working, or there's going to be a sign on every business. You know, check in with Jesus before you enter this store and tell him you'll be there real soon. I'm, <laughs> I'm guessing if they don't have a police department, it's going to be illegal to say anything about Jesus, too. But who's going to enforce it? That's what I want to know. Nobody. It's yeah. a, <laughs> Viva Las Vegas. I mean, it's yeah. time for wider. <laughs> My wife has a house for sale in Las Vegas. It'll work. Yeah. So you're in the market. I mean, it's nuts. Saying? She's in the no, market. No, I'm not in the market. She is. She's in the yeah. market. Chairman she has Mao. a house for sale. Yeah. Yeah. Chairman, well, I've renamed her Wuhan Wanda because you can move right up in the line at the grocery store if you introduce her as Wuhan Wanda. See? Yeah. Uh, she's. <coughs> and I'm also saying that you don't say that when she can hear you. So apparently she's not within earshot. Uh, you do your best in, in case you don't want to sleep outside in the garden. Yes. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right. Two minutes. What's Anyhow. Your, yeah. What's I mean, your you, profound thoughts you for the well, day to leave us well, with? I don't have any profound thoughts under, other than never holler woe in a horse race. I mean, uh, I promise you, I only know of one person that got off of this earth alive. Mm-hmm. And there will always be problems, and this is just one more little thing we've got to go through. And we either solve it with common sense and reality, or we continue to go south. Now, they're saying right now that, you know, th- there's people in the black community, in the Hispanic community, in the Asian community that are going, we want to vote to have anarchy. We want to have our neighborhoods tore up. We want to have these things happen to us. Are you kidding me? We're not, you know, I don't care if you're a staunch Democrat or, or, or a, you know, a, an independent or where you're at. You, if you can breathe and chew gum at the same time, mm-hmm. you can't, you can't be saying this is fun. <laughs> um, so there is tremendous number of lives, thousands of people's lives are being negatively affected. The only thing that I would say to those families that are having the negative effects of what's happening today, I believe that it is bringing about awakening, and it's kind of like our own little renaissance. I don't care what color your skin is. At some point in time, everybody, who the majority of all races, are rational thinking people. And at some point in time, they're going to get their belly full of the radicals within every group, and they're going to say, this is just stupid. Stop them. And it'll be the best thing to bring us all back to center. Again, with all due respect to those families who are suffering right now, whether it be business or relatives or death or pain or whatever it might be, there has to be an awakening at the end of this. We're all Americans. That's number one. We've successfully journeyed down the road, connecting rural and urban America for another Monday. Hank Bogler and I both remind you that all roads do lead to rural route. And finally, I want to remind you about better nutrition. Dietary advice that we were getting in 1923, we're not getting today. Everybody wants to look at reevaluating the dietary guidelines. Folks, the diet is exactly like it was in 1923. It's just that we have had politics screw it up. 
NutritionCoalition.us is a place to go to remove the politics and just look at what's important to feed people healthy. Nina Teicholz has put together a tremendous organization asking for rigorous science in our dietary guidelines. We're not getting it. Get more information about how you can be a part of the solution at NutritionCoalition.us. Do it today.